My name is Taina Asili, and you're listening to Two Dope Teachers and a Mic. us on this call right now we have all the way from brooklyn new york brooklyn Sir. finest bk representing BK. all day <laughs> all day you know the way we we are privileged to have cornelius minor joining us today for the podcast yeah. up, i'm just so excited to you i mean like i've been trying to get on this pod this is career aspirations level what? broadcasting right here that's this oh, no man, man. hey uh mr minor uh flattery will get you everywhere just so you know with oh. this podcast uh this is yes folks this is the cornelius minor author of we got this scholar comic book nerd bringing uh pens to sword fights since when 1978. Since, since 1978. Represent. Represent. <laughs> That's right. You know, yes, yes. that. and when I saw that in your Twitter bio, uh, when the first time I, I found you on Twitter, um, I was like, yeah, why wouldn't you bring a pen to a to a sword fight? Like, that's how you make that permanent damage, right? But yes, folks, this is Mr. Cornelius Minor. We are so, so honored to have you on the show today. Uh, this is the two dopest way to start off second semester. How are you doing <laughs> I mean, today? Man, I'm great. And again, it's just so exciting to be here with you all. Just like, like, I need the listeners to understand like what they're hearing right now that like these two gentlemen have are just fantastic. I mean, just I love what you're doing for the culture. I love what you're doing for the profession. So just to be here right now to finally connect. Yo, I'm, I'm floating right now. Like my feet are not touching the ground. So. This is going to be fun. This is going to be oh, super fun. That. Thank you so much. We appreciate uh, that. The work is fantastic. So if you are f- tuning in uh, for the first time to the Two Dope Teachers and a Microphone podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And let's uh, let's quiz Kev real quick and see if he knows oh, the I handles yet. Do this. Yes. I'm going to do this. Here we go. So Kevin, I got this. Kevin, if, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Technology, uh, social media expert extraordinaire, if the yes, people want to yes. follow us on Twitter, how do they follow us? If they want to follow us on the Twitter, they're going to follow us at 2 Teachers. Yeah. Hey, hey, okay, okay. You're doing good. You're at one for one. Let's see if you can go there two for two. If Blah. the people want to follow us on the gram that is instant, what is the handle there? At 2 Teachers. What? Yo, all right, we're going we go. for the big three right here. here all go. right, this is this is a hard one. Bring them home. People want to like us money. on Facebook. People want to like us on Facebook. How they do that? At two dope teachers and a mic. Rafael. Yes. <laughs> yep. You search up two. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna give it to you because Facebook. Everybody's grandma, my auntie, want to catch us on Facebook. That's right. Yes. <laughs> 
that's right. Well, I feel like that's where I feel like that's where my mother engages with the podcast is on Facebook. <laughs> exactly. There we go. Yeah, like, so, nothing I do is real until it's on Facebook. I'm like, Ma, I published three books. She's like, but it ain't on Facebook though. It's on Facebook. It's not, you on Facebook. Do you well, all, my mom's so, the opposite? My mom yesterday was like, So Kevin, she's like, How do I get this Netflix? <laughs> I was like, Yo, no, I got, I, sign up for it. I got, I, I got like, a big, yeah. See, in the internet, you type in the word Netflix, and it'll take. You and it's pretty no, I easy. Can, <laughs> I, I got, I got one. I got one that's even better than that. My father, right? So this is my Mexican father. Came to the U.S. with a sixth grade education, like all kinds of accomplishments. Technology is not one of them. He, uh, yes. I said, Dad. I know you like talking on the phone, but do you want to Zoom sometime? And I swear, I was like speaking a foreign language to him. Like he had no idea what I was talking about. And he got really flustered. <laughs> I'm like, like, never, I don't never do mind. drugs. Dad, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> exactly. He's like, I told you to stay away from that Zoom. Um, you Zoom it actually, now? Uh, oddly, exactly. uh, oddly, that, that song um, made him uh, very concerned about what I was doing in my life talking about all i want to do is run my zoom zoom zoom, and zoom, zoom, zoom. he's like i'm not comfortable with you listening to that music anyway um we got we got Cornelius Riley, here. he damages all that's right that's right so we're, we're gonna uh so those of you who are following us um we are merely two public school teachers in the city of denver we're making an attempt to remix the conversation on race on power and on education. And uh, we're coming at you weekly right now because that's one thing the pandemic has allowed us to be is in front of computers constantly. Um, if you wanna support the work, you can go to patreon.com slash two dope teachers. And Kevin, what do the people get if they invest at the two dope $15 a month level? They get exclusive interactions and content that we're working on, try to put stuff out support materials you could just right. call us reach out and, and just speak to you can us call kevin you, you can to. call kevin you get my direct nine the hotline to you're like i need to talk to kevin right Kev hotline. well you Kev know what kev to sweeten the deal you know for the next five people that subscribe i'll throw in an autographed copy of the book oh so, so oh that's, my that's goodness what's up, people get that's it what's get up. it jump in that's jump yes. in at so that, happy 2021, everybody. Yes. Yeah, so. You know, the, what that actually does is it makes the the swag that we're providing kind of wag. Like, so you can get the book and a sticker. <laughs> Shout out. Shout, Shout out. out to hey. stickers. Uh, um, yeah. Hey, I'm going to find stickers a way to big. get a sticker for you, Cornelius, because um, like somehow mm -hmm. I, I don't just get stuff on Patreon. Like <laughs> It's just for people who, who like pay i don't know anyway so um, yeah support the work we're trying to do this work we got lots of aspirations going forward but now is the time we're going to talk to mr minor we're going to chop it up today so i want i want to start off so let's see how do i put this you sir are the man like like so many ways to begin um we want the people to know about you um so your twitter bio lists brooklyn wakanda and zamunda is places you have lived which is dope zamunda um, yes it's great um so i want to i want to start off uh with just a quick question who would you rather have as a principal would you rather have king joffy Jaffer, tashala or jose oh. vilson oh. well well you know i gotta break it down because like i mean the brother jose is a legend you know i'm, I'm new york yeah. city 
forever, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing, you know, I, I, I study colonialism and, and, and the ways of monarchs and, and, and monarchs have never really been that great for the people. Yeah. So, and, the, and, and we watched the king. I mean, we know that the king was, I mean, gold rings, bathers. Oh, I mean, man. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so on a proletarian level. <laughs> Exactly. So on a proletarian level, I mean, the king is great to watch, but like, I'm not working for that dude. So, <laughs> That's you right. know, not working for that dude. And, yeah. and, and T'Challa, you know, T'Challa is interesting, you know, that like, I'm a huge comic book nerd and I, I read yeah. and reread every word of Ta-Nehisi Coates' latest run on Black yes. Panther. You know, and that yeah. latest run was really this idea is like, what good is a monarch to people who are self-determining, right? It asked that question, you know? Yeah. And so so I love T'Challa, Black Panther, Wakanda till the day I die forever, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, um, you know, what I'm really working toward is for all of us to be self-determining. And That's so, right. yeah, so so I couldn't work for T'Challa either. Um, yeah. And now, the brother Jose, like, and I, and, and I will say, and, and everybody in New York knows this, so now I'm saying it nationwide, but like, Jose is the reason why I do what I do. Yes. Like I like there would be no Cornelius Minor if it weren't for Jose Wilson. Wow. Um, I can trace it back to the second. I mean, that man's influence is profound and powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so like definitely, definitely, definitely. Like I think um, I was in my lowest point as an educator and like that dude like picked me up. So, yeah, yeah. so like I owe him and that movement everything. Damn. Yeah, so that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, Jose, Jose yeah. is uh, is is a force of nature. Like that dude Absolutely. is. He's just so inspirational, and like he he's been so kind to us um, here. And like he's always hitting you up. He's always like, "All right, what's next? What's next, what's brother? Next? What's next? Yeah. What are we gonna do now?" You know. <laughs> exactly. um, no, nah, that's that's beautiful. I love it. Exactly. Um, I, love yeah, it. He's, I mean, he's everything. I mean, he was the first person I showed the book to like, and so he took me out for brunch. Um, and I was, you know, getting ready to come out with the book and I like, you know, and it had to pass the Jose test. So, you yep. know, so <laughs> that's right. So, <laughs> that's right. So, so I nervously showed him the book, you know, he was the first person outside of my family to see it. Um, yeah. And he, he gave the thumbs up. So then I was allowed to publish it. So, you know, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. He waved, that's he right. waved his wand. Yeah. There's definitely yeah. that. There's definitely that Jose blessing, like where, yeah. where you, you know, that this, this is a brother who really invest yeah. in his community and invest in the people Absolutely. around you it's funny because he found me at kind of a difficult point too i don't know man he's yeah. i feel like <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves because yeah. i've got this vision of so uh cornelius you've probably um got some awareness of our infinity stones the two dope infinity stones right and yes. we think that you're you're definitely one of those infinity stones we're going to be in the version where there's like 12 right nice. and uh <laughs> that's right so a comic book in a comic book about us as superheroes, I really think that that Jose is uh, Professor Xavier. Like, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, and in this newest iteration of Professor Xavier, I've been reading X-Men recently and what they're doing with that character is incredible. Yeah. So, uh, oh, that's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I so love for that. sure. So for sure. Yeah, but you know, what's interesting now is I'm thinking about like, you know, all of the things, you know, and, and the beautiful thing about Jose and the beautiful thing about movements in general, right? Because we know that like no one person is an entire movement. And this is like connects right back to you all. But like um, what I have really learned um, from just being present on the scene, right? Whatever that is, is that like um, going back to the idea of self-determining, like what you all have done yeah. with this podcast where you yeah. all have decided that we're going to remix the conversation, right? Um, 
and I, and I love that. And so I've really been thinking about like, yeah, the principal as the steward of our intentions and the principal yeah. as the person who can help set a vision. Principles matter, direction. right? Principles do matter in this model. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. But really, but, but all of us like thinking, what can it be like to have a nation of free teachers, like truly Bruh. free that we can't have free children unless we got free teachers. So that's, that's right. That's what it is. That, yeah, that's that's, that's the is. truth. That's, that's the, right. the truth is. So, so Cornelius, yeah. where did you come from? How did you become a teacher? What, what's your origin story Yo. to all of this? Yo, because I feel like, you know, we're, we are, you know, unicorns, superheroes, infinity stones, all of this stuff. <laughs> you know, after yesterday, I'm coming, I'm, I'm finally getting control of my superpowers, you know, yes. slowly, you know, coming to terms. Y'all have to tell me what that's like, because, you know, my, yeah. my, you know, my, my people, my people, we, we, we kind of like don't, low-key don't want the powers. We're kind of like, uh... Uh, 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 no, we, don't need any, we don't need any extra attention. The more I've like, the more I've kind of like gotten, um, you know, connected with you, Cornelius. Just your your path is so, um, it, it's so intriguing and so interesting. Yeah, so so take us down that path. Well, you know, I, again, I do believe that none of us got here alone. So to talk about my path, I got to name my grandmother. Period. You know, I'm a Period. third generation teacher. So like my grandmother um, is a huge influence in my life. Um, I was lucky enough to grow up with her, um, lived in her house for the first few years of my life. And so she's huge influence. Now I'm Liberian. So I didn't grow up in the United States of America. I grew up yeah. in Liberia. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I always got to say about Liberia, we are one of two independent black republics on the continent of Africa. Yeah. Right. So, so with that, that means is that we have never been Good conquered colonies. by Europeans, never mm-hmm. been colonized. So we are the original Wakanda. That's right. Um, so that's where that comes from on my bio. Um, you know, and so I grew up in a sovereign black state. Yes. And that's a very different way to grow up, you know, yes. um, and you know, that, you know, so everything was black, like everything, yep. like all of the scholars, all of the inventors, all yep. of the physicians, like everything. Entrepreneurs, um, everybody. Everything exactly, and the so heads of state, the like if, there is no like yeah. we could we could never do this because we're already doing this exactly like, yeah, exactly. This. So when I got to America, I was just like, "What are these silly white folks doing?" Like it was, <laughs> it was just it was because like everything for me. But you know, um, and and so and it's interesting because my history. Um, for those of you who, and I'm with the AP history teacher right now. So yeah, but Liberia <laughs> was founded by. Um, you know, formerly enslaved people who left the United States yep. um, to return to the African continent. So my great great grandfather was a black man in Virginia who could read, um, wow. and and so he could read. So he emancipated himself and got on a boat and went back to Africa. So that's my twice wow. great grandfather. Yes. So like, so my story starts there. I'm a literacy teacher. So yes. my story starts with a Virginian who could read and was like, "F this, I'm leaving." And so like, you know. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And so, so that's my twice great grandfather. Um, but we know like histories are complicated, right? So, so Americans, like formerly enslaved Americans, leave the United States and return to the African continent to found this independent Black Republic. But they brought with them many of the ways of the colonizers, right? So they mm. did. Um, in many ways to the indigenous people that they met on the West Coast of Africa, Mm -hmm. what the white folks had been doing for a long time. And so 
so that history led to a Liberian civil war that started in the early 80s. Yep. Um, and so that's what got me to the United States. At, um, at the onset of the Liberian civil war, um, our president this was, Char- was murdered. This is Charles Taylor, right? This is Charles so, Taylor. so this is um, Samuel K. Doe um, overthrew okay, okay, okay. the government. Um, so Samuel K. Doe, um, for this brief proletarian moment, right, was a hero. Brief moment, brief yep, moment, yep, yep. brief moment. Yep. Like, yeah, because he's certainly not a hero. Um, but um, the Liberian government had gotten to the point where they were in their P. Diddy phase. So they were just spending money out of control, right? <laughs> shiny, shiny suit. Shiny I mean, suit. No, for real. I mean who, who among us? Who among us has never had a P. Diddy phase, you know? Like, exactly, exactly. So, you know, because at its height, you know, Liberia was the home of like, just like black intellectual and, you know, creation, right? So yep. Michael Jackson visited Liberia. Yep. Muhammad Ali toured Liberia. Maya Angelou yep. toured Liberia. So like all of the black intellectuals like came to Liberia, Malcolm X. Wow came to Liberia. So like I grew up with my country being the vacation spot for black American intellectuals, right? You know, so Muhammad Ali wins the championship, comes to Liberia. You know, Maya Angelou writes a book, comes to Liberia. Michael Jackson wants to drop a single, comes to Liberia. So like, that's how I grew up just yeah. with like, that's, you know, um, but you know, that was our P. Diddy phase, you know? So, yeah, yep. <laughs> um, and, and one of the things is though everybody was black, you know, that's when class comes into it, right? That's you right. Have, you have an underclass and the underclass was largely largely indigenous, right? So you mm-hmm. had Americo Liberians, so formerly enslaved people from the United States who could trace ancestry back to the United States, had all the property, had all the capital. Um, and then those who were indigenous, um, of course, didn't. And so it replicated that same American system. Now, um, in Liberian terms, I'm mixed race because my, my mother is indigenous and my father is Americo. Yeah. Um, and so um, and so the Civil War started when Samuel K. Doe like, staged a military overthrow of the government. Um, and for a minute, he was a hero. People were like, all right, he's getting this whole P. Diddy mentality yep, yep, out of yep, here. Yep, 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 um, yep. But then, you know, he um, got his homies and, 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 and all his friends and pretty much just kept power among his friends and then people are like all right this guy gotta go um and oh, so man. then that's when you have the major power grab so you have the charles taylors of the world who are now grabbing for power um and and it really devolved into like whose tribe you with and like and who you fighting for kind of a thing and so my father sent my sister and i to the united states of america so i finished elementary school in the united states of america okay. um and really um so that's where the story so how, how old were you at this point um, so I, I started um, third grade in the United States okay. of America. Yeah, so, um, and, and, you know, to this day, I always say the people who saved my life were my teachers, right? You know, the, the, the people, you know, that to come to this country as a refugee is, is a whole nother thing, right? Like, you know, yeah. so, so you can imagine like being Liberian and, you know, we lived in a decently big house. We had, you know, a driver and cars and all that stuff. And then war breaks out, you lose yep. everything, you come to this country. So like my father, who's a PhD, um, worked security at the mall, right? You know, like my yeah. mother, who was one of the top ranking women lawyers in our country, worked at Wendy's when we got to the United States, you know? Wow. And so, so like, it, and, and so Wild. to experience all that as a kid, right you know but you know i'm in new york city so like everybody's cab driver has yeah. a phd right you know yeah, like right. that's what america does yeah. with, you know um yeah. and so so to experience that as a kid and to watch my parents who were these giants right in my mind you know you know to, to for my mom to go from like working in the courts to like burgers at wendy's that was like you know that that inspires a certain kind of anger in you <laughs> like you know and so i was a furious third grader um, because I knew who my parents were and then I knew what America made them. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And so, you know, and so really that's where the teaching stuff came in that like my grandmother was one of the fiercest women in my women in my country um, because she could teach, right? Yep. And you could go anywhere in the yep. country and people were like, that's my teacher. And so, wow. so for me, that was the path. I was just like, I want to be like that, but in America, like I yeah, want yeah. people to walk around New York city and be like, yo, that guy, that's my teacher. That's my you teacher. <laughs> yeah. And so, <laughs> that's dope. That's, that's dope. Yeah. No, and, it, and, it, and it's just, it's kind of incredible because I think, that when we, you know, it's, it, you know, the, this country peddles a lot of, um, a lot of silly narratives, right? So, you know, if, if, like, I think of, I think of examples of folks like your parents who, who come here, they take these jobs, they work them, and then eventually they're able to kind of work their way into something that's, that, that is a little bit more comfortable and less exploitative and that kind of thing. And then they talk about it as, Oh man, this is just like rags to riches. And it's like, not exactly. Like, like yeah. it's, it's, it's like anything you accomplish in your home country means precisely Jack when you arrive yeah. here and, and you have to work your way up. And, and so it's, it's one of those things where the resiliency and the determination is even more so because um, it isn't the story that's told this kind of exactly. this this rugged individualism and you know starting from nothing but uh, that's incredible. But I I think your story also it reminds me of like Goldie Muhammad's work, you know, like when you talk about like your grandfather's you said great grandfather's journey to Liberia right is is led based on that idea that. He, he had that ability to be literate, right? And, yeah. and so yeah. he used it to help free himself, right? Yeah. But then yeah. when you describe the power that, you know, seeing your grandma wield in Liberia and, and just from being a teacher and being literate yeah. and educated, right? And yeah. how it drives your work today. And you said, you know, that you work in literacy, which I think is just really underrated. And we don't think about literacy because we think about literacy in these ways of like test right and, yeah. and measurement versus what is through colonial be? structures we, we it's, 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 it's literacy is a is a settler colonial practice not as a tool of liberation well exactly. what we should always settle i think like when we teach literacy we should always set it like when we're trying to get kids into it with that scene in malcolm x when he's in prison like when he's yeah. there, like where do you start where do you <laughs> exactly. start the dictionary exactly. the dictionary exactly <laughs> Right. You know, and for me, that question, like, where do you start? You start with the person whose foot is on your neck. Like, and so what literacy tools do I need to like to cast off this person? Like, you know, or what literacy tools do I need to speak to my most immediate oppression? That's you right. know, and so for me in a classroom, that's where I work. And so when people ask me, well, what unit are you going to start with? I'm like, well, let me talk to the kids first. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's so underrated. Like, and it's one of those things that can make you feel like you're not actually that good of a teacher because, you know, you've got scope and sequence. We've got this thing called unit internalization that we're doing here. And, you know, where it's like you're supposed to map out every step of the way and stay at the same pace for an entire semester. And, you know, and which removes the agency uh, from our young people, uh, predominantly uh, BIPOC children. Um, And, and, and how we're sending the messages that their voices don't work, that they are um, objects of the educational process, um, not yes. agents. And and that's- um, it, Ike, it goes back to, like, as you guys are talking about, it, it makes me think about like that white supremacist culture and this idea that we have to be so planned up and prepped. And you talk to teachers at the beginning, they're like, oh, I've already got planned out for three <laughs> units. And I'm like, I, I don't even know what these kids like as video games. Right. Music. So, <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know what to teach him yet. I don't, yeah. I don't really know. Exactly. Like, you know, yeah. and I have certain things planned. So I always talk about that. Like I want kids to be able to, to like have ideas, right? So yep. I'm always going to teach you how to sharpen and refine your ideas. I want kids to be able to support their ideas with like evidence, right? So claims and evidence. Um, I want kids to be able to weaponize those ideas to keep themselves safe, right? So that's my scope and sequence. Like these yep. are the tools you're going to need, right? I love that. I love that. <laughs> and, 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 and when you say it like that, you could be like, that's standard too. Yeah, that's that's standard, right? Yeah. You, you, I need to be able to uh, interpret information. I need yeah. to present my, my own claims and evidence. And I need to be able to argue my points and present it in a coherent way that you understand and hear me when I say, yeah. this is not acceptable anymore. We're doing it differently. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I think about, you know, one of the things that COVID has done is we're all at home, right? You know, <clears throat> and yeah. so there's no like, you know, one of the things that school does in my community is school is a safety check-in, right? That like, when yeah. I see you with school, I know you bodily okay. You know, like at least yeah, you're yeah, bodily yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And, and, you know, I'm in middle school. And so one of the things yeah. that starts to happen in middle school, and I didn't even realize it until the pandemic, was like, you know, kids in New York walk to school, right? And so a lot of the teenage girls that I serve have to deal with things like street harassment, yeah, right? Yeah. But when you make it to school, I know that you're at least bodily safe, you know? And then, yeah, I, yeah. then we can take care of you in other ways. Um, but one of the things that I didn't realize was that <clears throat> a lot of the kids are walking around streets right now without those check-ins. And so I was talking to a young woman on Zoom, and one of the things she said is she was just like, the thing that I hate the most about the pandemic is everybody's outside. You know, and, wow. and so when you walk huh. by these dudes on the corner, they oh, always, yeah. got something to they always say. got something to say, you know, and yeah. I was like, and I was like, damn, like, what tools can I give her that yeah. might support like her living right yeah. now, um, yeah. you know, and keeping oneself safe while walking to the store to get food for your family is a literacy right. skill, right? Yeah. So yeah. what, what words does she need? What, um, what ability, you know, and so like, and so for me, this is character analysis. Like, how do you look at those people across the block and read oh, their characters so to figure yeah. out how, if you're going to be safe or not, yeah. you know? So, so people put literacy in these neat boxes, but I'm like, nah, I'm Brooklyn. Like literacy yeah. is survival, right? I love, I love <laughs> that's that. so that's, that's so dope, dope yeah. because you know that that because that's that's one of the things. So like I, I've heard, I, I've I've heard educators um, say things um, that that parallel what you're saying. Like you know we we want to teach students these skills so that they can so they so they can be ready for X Y Z factor that that awaits them. Um, but but too often that plays into what Dr. Love refers to as the educational survival complex, right? It's like we're going to teach mm -hmm. them the tools to survive and not just thrive. But what you're saying is yeah. that you know you read it's 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 a very Frarian notion, right? Where yeah. where you're talking about we're going to read this world, um, and 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 use the word as a way of reading the world. And I think that's a really powerful thing. And so you yeah. are immersed in the culture, <laughs> you're immersed in the community. Um, and that's such an incredible point of how do I advocate for this thing in this moment, in this environment? I think that that's so much more complex. Like my kid had to read, um, had to read, uh, now I don't even remember the name of the book. Uh, it, it, it was a series of short stories by, by Kate Chopin. And okay. she's just, and my, and my daughter, you know, my daughter's like me. And so she's like, why am I reading this? And I was like, because yeah. I told you to. Um, and so, but I see the things that she is reading that's, that's really, um, you know, kind of, kind of like 
it is helping her address the world that she lives in and, and the yeah. concerns that she has. <laughs> She's reading this like radical, like feminist theory, you know, and her and her English teacher is like, you know, well, these are the books you should be reading. I'm like, but she's 15 and reading like stuff <laughs> that I struggle to understand. It's kind of like, yeah, hey. yeah, you know, and so much of that kind of assignment culture is what I've been calling it recently. Um, yeah. It fails in its ability to connect to reality. So like, again, it's not like, it's, there's nothing wrong with Kate Chopin, but it's everything wrong with how we frame it, right? That, yep. that we have failed to connect Kate Chopin to people's lived realities, right? You're like, okay, why was a white woman willing to walk into the ocean and kill herself to deal with these yeah. people's bullshit, right? So to read The Awakening that way and to kind of think, all right, what does The Awakening mean in the context of our survival right now? But then what does The Awakening mean in the context of our being able to thrive and to prosper, right? And I think yeah. Kate Chopin does offer us some insight to, to our thriving, but yep. so few teachers well, are making that transference connection, right? Yeah, man, this is about to, this about it's to be part of, of the, It's part of the catalog. But this this is about to become like the like 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 book chats, man. Because like because because I think like I was I was literally having this conversation with my kid yesterday about uh, about Charles Dickens and Great Expectations and Christmas Mm -hmm. Carol and the Industrial Revolution and how it it just ground people down and you know even those really somber like Christmas songs that come out of that period. You know, she's like, why do all these songs sound so sad? And I'm like, well. So I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, yeah. So industrial capitalism has really decimated, uh, the, you know, and so so it's just really I love it. Like, why, like why I had the hip hop sound sound the way they do why are people crying and why yeah talk about why are rappers so mad why are rappers so angry no but it it is one of those things where it's kind of like i had to read great expectations as a ninth grader and i had no Mm -hmm. hell idea why i was reading this book and but if the teacher had said yo what are some things in this book that kind of remind you of the reality you're living in like i I grew up on the east side and you know that's where we really saw as as manufacturing jobs started to move out of 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 urban uh, areas in the state of Colorado, Denver and Pueblo, especially, mm-hmm. um, a lot of those those kinds of things were were happening. And so, I, I love what you said because I think I think we end up in this polarized argument over you should read this books. No, you should read these books. It, we it's all about identifying the right books. But what you said about rooting literature and the lived experiences of our communities that's absolutely revolutionary <laughs> and absolutely critical. Absolutely. You know, and, one of the things, and just again, as you know, like I, I always fancy myself like my favorite character in all of literature is is the trickster. Right. Like, the, yeah. you know, so the, the Bray rabbits of the world, <laughs> the Anansi's this, yeah. of the world, yep. you know, and so I always think about our role as like insurgent educators in many yep. ways as as <laughs> tricksters. Right. That, that we, you know, that one of oh, the man. I think I'm so down the, with that. Yeah, well, but one of the beautiful things is like, you know, we can speak like, you know, the language of the oppressive structure, right. but but in but we can access these structures and remix these structures in ways that not just preserve, but to advance our people, right? Like, that's our work, right? That, you yeah. know, when I became a teacher, one of the first things my grandmother said is she was just like, you know, please do not be out here doing white man's pedagogy in blackface, right? Wow. That, that, like that you, that your work. Yes, I love that. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, because she, again, was about that life as an educator, you know, yep. and so, so as somebody who inherited that legacy, I was like, oh, I have access to all these power structures, and I have access to all these discourses, but I can remix them to work in liberatory ways, um, yeah. and, and, and then I can secretly be building in my lab, you know, structures that exist without these structures, you know, right. um, that's and, right. And so I really love this idea of the trickster in literature. And one of the things that the trickster does is the trickster is a border crosser, right? They, they speak yeah. multiple languages and they can talk to different constituencies, but they always got their agenda. So Anastasia right. always had his own agenda, yeah. right? Yeah. Bird Rabbit always had his yep. own agenda. So well, it I, makes me think of Coyote. It makes me think of yeah. um, yep. Ike Tomey, it, you know, and uh, Cocapelli, like the same sort of. Um, exactly. The same sort of character, man. This is a this is a whole like new way to look at this work because I I feel like Kev I think I feel like me and you have a tendency to kind of be tricksters on our staff where you know oh. we we have different ways that we interact with folks and no one really gets us right like like they they do on some levels and in certain moments. But then we're, you know, I don't know what you think about that. I but feel it's, like it's true. Yeah, but you know, no one has to understand the trickster. <laughs> no, that's right. I, it's always like I don't even understand what I'm doing sometimes. But I'm just like I have to say it this way. I have to yep. put it out here. I have to bring this point up. You know, I don't know. And and when I'm with my students in my room, I just I love that space because that is where like I keep them at bay. I I know what to say when the admin comes in, so they're yeah. not harassing you kids. They're not yeah. harass me. And leave my colleague alone who, who's yep. getting observed and i'm like yo yep. they're doing the best they can it's a pandemic exactly <laughs> well and also so this make this makes me think of um of jay-z's encoded right where there's uh or decoded encoded um, yeah, yeah. decoded where um where there's one part and this is you know so as a as kind of an aspiring spoken word artist um who won't ever read his word publicly for some no, reason. No, claim it. You um, are a spoken word artist. Yeah, that's like, it. Yeah, that's it. I do it myself, right? But, you know, there's times that as a, as a poet, I get stuck in the words that I'm saying where I'm kind of like, this isn't going to make sense to anybody. Like, what am I talking about right now? Like, what is happening right here? And Jay-Z writes in the book, he's like, the verse is between me and the verse. Like, yeah, like exactly. you don't have to understand. You don't need to get what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. If you don't get it, listen to it again and listen to it again. But guess what? It's going to switch on you because the le the ear that you hear it with is what changes, not not the actual words that I'm saying. So it's this is like this is like intellectually mind blowing, bro. Like it's and that's <laughs> how I believe it. And that's yeah. like the teacher is the artist, right? The yeah, teacher is the artist. Absolutely. So Cornelius, let me let me let's. Uh, so thinking about your experiences, right? And and I always ask this question to any. Uh, BIPOC teacher, but in particular, my black male teachers, you know, you're 1978, I'm 77. So I think like we similar times of, of working oh, in yeah. this work oh, yeah. and experiences. But so like me and Gerardo talk about unicorns, you know, like the rare black male or Latino <laughs> male teachers, you know, like when you yeah. walk in, kids like, yo, I, I don't know if it happens to y'all. Might be a little different in New York, but like we have mm -hmm. kids who be like, I've never had a teacher like you, mister. I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, I've never had a black teacher or like, or like I've had parents be like, we just want more teachers like Mr. Adams. And they'll be like, what do they mean? <laughs> the black teacher, like a black male teacher who yeah. relates to my kids, relates to me. Now. How is Mr. Adams different yeah. from the other teachers? Exactly. What, what's different here? One like, of name it, name name it. We'll give you it. a minute. Because yeah. they name it in every other situation. If I, if I was a suspect walking down the street, <laughs> right. Like, black guy, right there. That black man, right there. 
but how 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 has your experience been as a black male teacher as a unicorn? What do you, well, how would you describe your experience? Like, imagine there's your young self, and they're like, "What's it like to be a black male teacher?" You know, you don't have this family background, yeah. but what's your experience like? Today? You know, what's interesting that idea of unicorn, I've really struggled with it because it centers whiteness, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and that that and that I grew up in an upbringing that centered blackness, like yeah. everything, right? And wow. so, yep. so, so in my, you know, and even when I got to Brooklyn, like I taught in like the blackest school ever, like, yep. you know, so like everybody, like, you know, so, so there were white teachers on staff, but like yep. my school centered blackness, like the principal was black, the way that we approached students was black, like, you know, and so, so in my teaching life, I wasn't a unicorn. Yep. yep. Like, you know, I, I went to Florida A&M University, yeah, so, so, so like, my professors were black, like, you know, yep. the, the, the literature that we read and encountered was centered around blackness. So even though we read widely, we always brought it back to the black experience, you know, so like, so my universe since jump has been black. So like, so I'm not, cause like, you know, so I don't understand like the unicorn thing, you Porzingis may have like ruin that for you like it's, it's yeah yeah it's just so okay you had to come at the knicks and so, uh -oh. so i got something for you later on uh -oh. Uh -oh. he's he's uh -oh. gonna be ready he's gonna be ready but, i just remember people know, booing porzingis when he was drafted i'm like man porzingis yo, that's yeah joke. the poor guy um, yeah no but, I, you know that, but, the, but the unicorn yeah. thing you know it's been interesting because i didn't experience that until like um so i my whole teaching career yeah um i taught in the bronx and in brooklyn so yep, some of yep. the and not just like blackness but global blackness yep, so like yep, when yep, you're yep. talking the bronx yeah. and brooklyn you're talking africans you're talking yep. caribbeans you're talking yep, yep. you know and so and then i didn't really experience a wholesale institutional whiteness until i got to teachers college yes um, so i spent there i spent almost a decade working at the teachers college reading and writing project which was yeah. an amazing appointment and i had a wonderful experience there but that was really my first time stepping out and being like yo like so these people don't center like black humanity like i have grown up to center it in yeah. my work yeah. Um, yeah. and so my entire work there was really kind of struggling with that dissonance Yep, um, yeah. And, you know, and I've always been a great literature teacher, right? Yep, you know, yep, yeah, um, yep. And I've always had wonderful mentors. So in the places where I'm not great, I know people who are great and I go sit at their feet. Right. Yep. And so so I had the Jose's of the world and I yep. had, you know, those kinds of people. And so so I came and people were able to recognize my expertise at Teachers College, but they were like, but he's coming from a different place. Like the, this yeah. expertise doesn't look like we're. And so that was like the first time I really kind of understood this whole like unicorn status. Yeah. And yeah. after I understood it, I really sought to resist it because I was just like, you can cross the bridge back to Brooklyn and it's 30 more of me. Yeah. Like, yep. like, you know, like, yep. you know, that yep. like that I'm not special. Like that, like, you know, um, and and, that, and that's when you get into the kind of tone policing that happens in these institutions, right? Like because I know how to because I'm a trickster yep. and I yep. know how yep. to speak yep. the yep. language, yep. right? That's right. Like, that's right. So when you cross that's the bridge, right. you're gonna get an old Caribbean lady who might not slick talk you. That's right. Tell yep. you how it really is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. White, your white fragile institution can't deal with that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and so I've really been trying to upend that whole kind of like unicorn narrative that again 
again, like I tell people all the time, like even when people read my work, they're like, yo, this is so special. I'm like any barbershop in Brooklyn. <laughs> this. Right. <laughs> like, you know, that my book ain't special. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, you know, like, I like to think it's special. Don't, don't, don't underestimate yourself, brother. You yeah. know what it is. Hey, hey, no, hey, but hey. I think, I, but I think that's right. I think, I think yeah. that it's interesting because you've got me rethinking this whole idea. Now we're obviously in Denver, um, yeah. you know, and, and I think, let me tell people, you, let me tell you. Well, hold on, hold on, though. Hold on, though. Like, Kev, you and I have talked about this. Like, people cl- try to clown Denver, right? And but the but the reality is that that we there's a lot of history here. But what what happens here yeah. is that yeah. Well, okay. We'll we'll get to that part later. Um. But but what we see a lot is you know the educational profession is one of the most segregated professions that you can really find. So even in Denver where like, I remember reading the stats a few years ago on how many teachers of color there were in the city of Denver. And I'm looking around like, where, where are these people? And what we find is that, um, BIPOC teachers tend to be heavily concentrated in yep. certain areas. Oh, same here. Yeah, yeah, same here. You know, like like same we were looking at our sister school, Kevin. Remember a couple of years ago, we were looking at our sister mm-hmm. school, and we're kind of looking at each other, saying, "Why don't we work there?" Like I play for that team. <laughs> I want to play for that team. We were we were like Jamichael Man, Green. Train. We, we were like we were like Jamichael Green when he got free agency, looking at the Clippers and looking at the Nuggets, saying, "Oh no, man, I feel like that." Uh, I can't do that. The place I to can't be. Do that. Yeah, but no, I, not not right now. Not right now, obviously, yeah. but because we we do have a, we, a we have, leadership yeah, team. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But that's such an interesting thing because that notion of the black male teacher, and and I and I will say even as a as a Latinx male, like we're mm-hmm. we're a lot less unusual in Denver. Like there there's mm-hmm. a lot of us now. There's a question of where is your mindset. Where is yeah, your culture? Yeah. No, like, how, how deeply, yeah, how deeply colonized are you as a as a uh, Spanish surname Latinx person? Um, I've been in a room with a lot of other Latinos, and I and I'm intentionally saying men yeah, uh, who yeah. are educators who don't understand what I mean when I say yes. I'm my name is Gerardo Munoz. Like I like in in Mexican Spanish, I have a big nopalote, a cactus on my forehead um, because like the name could not be more Mexican. But I'm also a descendant of the original people of the Americas who was who was raised in a black neighborhood. And so yeah, yeah. And, and they look at me and they're kind of like, so wait, what? And so it's a little bit different. Um, but that notion of the unicorn does play to that that normalization of the teacher as white middle-class female. Um, And, uh, and, and I think every context is different, but yeah, I mean, every educator we've talked to from, you know, we talked to Jose and it's the same deal. He's just kind of like, yeah, it's not different out here, (laughs) you know? Um, And uh, just, just, just incredible uh, there. Um, We're going to take a quick break um, so we can do a quick little ad read and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, we'll come back on the other side. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about your book, talking about, um, you know, kind of the situation we're in right now and to have some fun with some popular culture. So stick with us. He's Cornelius Minor. He's Kevin Adams. I'm Gerardo Munoz. Be back in a sec. Hey, what up, family? We are deeply grateful for all your support these last few years. Your engagement on social media, downloads, enthusiasm, reviews have kept us going since we started this adventure nearly five years ago. Now, we want to let you know that we have a Patreon where you can support us. 
We want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your ongoing support of the content that remixes the conversation about race, power, and education. We have big hopes and dreams that you have inspired, and with your financial support, those dreams can begin to take shape in reality. In the coming weeks, you'll learn about projects that we can now go forward with because you have stepped up. Of course, we still have numerous projects filed away that are awaiting your support. You can support by visiting patreon.com slash 2 teachers. Patrons who join at the 2Dope level get a 2Dope Nation sticker designed by local artist Sham. And what's better than stickers, am I right? Patrons will enjoy special access to 2Dope teachers Kevin and Gerardo in the form of Ask Me Anything threads, throwbacks to old episodes, occasional Zoom meetings, sneak previews to up- upcoming work and public appearances, and sometimes bonus episodes. Like there's already a new secret project that patrons have already been told about that we will be launching in January. We asked and you responded. We look forward to learning and growing with you. Let's keep remixing this conversation on race, power, and education. All right, breaking news, y'all. Kev got my Christmas card. This is really good news. I got it. Yes. Feeling good about that. It came first class mail. I had to sign (laughs) for it and everything. That's right. That's right. Pirates who stole uh, Jose's book from me didn't steal the Christmas card. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Did you ever recover it? Did you ever get another one or? No, no, I don't know yeah. what is that. That is so. But, weird. but I love well, the idea that some somebody out in Park Hill, Colorado, is stealing uh, educational books off. That's right. Well, hey, and you know what? Like, as we're we're a group here that that can attest to the value of stealing Jose Wilson's book, right? Like, I mean, that's that's that's, that's a crime. That, hey, that's a crime that's worth committing. You know, we'll the, the, the only time I've ever been, and I don't want to jinx myself again, but like the only time I've ever been robbed in New York City, I had a backpack um, and, and, and I had a class set of dictionaries in my backpack. <laughs> Bless it. And, and I got robbed and, and I was like, dude, like, you don't want it. Like, and, I, and I'm like, I'm not trying to be gangster. But like, you don't want it. You, you don't want, want it. it. It's like, are you like, sure? Oh, man. Like, are you sure? Like, I don't care. Are you sure? That was a yeah. message. The ancestors were speaking to that brother that day. They That's right. That's right. Steal the books. Steal the books. Be like, be like Caliban in, in the Tempest. Steal the books. You'll have some run of this aisle. So I had just borrowed them. Yep. Yep. So we don't we don't have our uh, our our network channel yet, but I'm holding up one of my most prized um, educational oh, possessions. Yes. This yes. book spoke to me. Like someone tweeted about it, and I'm like, I just need that book. And yes. um, so you so we got this to me, and 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 I read a lot. For somebody who reads really slowly, I read a lot. Um, mm-hmm. This is one of the most creative one of the most engaging, like kind of teacher books that, mm-hmm. that we've ever come across. Like it, it's so imaginative yes. and yeah. it's like, it, it's, I mean, and so ha- hearing you discuss this identity as the trickster, as a teacher, like mm-hmm. actually places this book in a really wonderful context for me. How did you, mm-hmm. how did you come up with this and what inspired you to write it the way that you did? So for those who are not familiar with the book, you better get familiar with the book. Um, yes. It's got, this amazing stuff that is both pedagogy and praxis. So 
there's a governing mm-hmm. philosophy uh, that Cornelius is, is very clear about from jump, right? But then there are also practical and specific ways, like, like it has these inspirational quotes that want, like seriously, the first, the intro, Cornelius, made me want to run through a freaking wall, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, but then there's like graphic organizers, and so, so, the, so it's a little bit of everything, which is so fantastic. How'd you come up with this idea? Because um, if I would have come up with this idea, I would have been like, no, 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 it has to, no, it's not going to work. You know, so how, what inspired you to write this book the way that you chose to? Well, it's a lot of things. You know, I think all praise is due to black women, first of all, like Toni Morrison. You know, if the book that you want doesn't exist, write it. You know, and that was Here. like my philosophy where Here. I was just like, I'm reading these teacher books and I feel like people are trying to teach me how to become a white woman. And, um, and <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's nice work if you can get it. Nice work if you You're can like, get it, but yeah. Okay. So, so how do I, I would, do this? Yeah. So I would read these teacher books and I would have to do like the translation work, right. To yeah. make it apply to my situation or to make it apply to my community or to make it apply right. to me. Um, yeah. And so I was like, what if I wrote a book that's just centered in blackness and not just like anybody's blackness, but my blackness. Right. Yeah. So like, I'm a big, nerd i love comic books i love hip-hop like right and so like i wanted to center it in a very specific blackness and i was like what if the white ladies had to read this and come to me right i've read all of their books and i've had to go to them you know so what if they read this book and had to come to me and so so i drop references in there that i don't explain like and you're gonna have to like just like you know i was reading this white lady book one time and again it's not a white lady (laughs) Yeah. I'm reading this education book and this lady's talking about her cabin in the woods and like, you know, and I was like, I'm from Brooklyn. I don't see no cabins, you know, like, yeah. and so, right. you know, but, but, but I also have the cultural literacy to go to where she is. I have the flexibility and I was like, but often those folks don't have to exercise their intellectual flexibility. That's right. I always I say that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so come yeah. to where I'm at, you know? And so, so I really wanted to write that book. Um, and then I wanted it to be fun. Like I wanted it to to wink at educators like you and Kev. Like I yeah. wanted y'all to be like, oh yeah, this for us, you know. And so like I wanted that too. Um, and then and so, some just... of these pictures are just fantastic because they just really speak to like how we like. There's the one with the dude sitting at the desk, stressed out about like a decolonized notion of history. And yeah. like, I'm like, oh man, I want, I want to walk by and see that dude trying to do. So, so it's like very much yeah. from that, from that genre um, that yeah. is, yeah, it's great. And the <laughs> artist on that is Jamal Igel. I don't know if you, Jamal yeah. Igel, he's, he's my favorite comic book artist. And so to be able to partner with him to write That's a pedagogy dope. book, like, you know, like um, he, um, he, he wrote this book called Molly Danger, which is one of my favorite books. He, he wrote um, Supergirl. He did Batman and Robin. Okay. You know, so he's, he's, yeah. he's been around. Like, yeah, he's been yeah, around. Yeah. Um, but he's a Black dude from Brooklyn. And I was just like, yo, what if we could just come together on some real cool stuff? Um, and so, I mean, not that Batman and Robin ain't cool, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's DC, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but he, you know, and so to, just to have that perspective on like, and so he, you know, and he's not an educator. He's a parent of a middle schooler. So for him to be able to read my work through his lens as a black parent of a middle schooler, and then to be able to like bring it to life in that way. Um, you know, and I think a lot about the co- concept of sci-fi that like, I've really been thinking a lot about our activism, right? And yeah. and as an activist, especially as, a, as an activist of color, um, everything that we do is sci-fi. Everything <laughs> yeah. that we do is sci-fi. Yeah. Because yep. it don't exist yet. That like yep. we are in the future and we've been in the future, right? That, yep. that yep. like, you know, when Frederick Douglass was like, fuck slavery, like that was sci-fi, right? Like that people didn't have 
the imagination to even no, see that, right? Funny. You know, or when, you know, or even when Ida B. Wells was like, lynching is over and I'm indebted with my pen, right? Yeah. Like people yep. didn't have the imagination to see that, you know? And yeah. so everything that we do is sci-fi, right? Yeah. You know, and so I also wanted that sci-fi superhero element to it because people don't have the imagination to see what we see. And so what the trickster does is like, well, I'm gonna just present it to you like it's sci-fi. That's right. That's yeah, that way you'll yeah, believe yeah. it. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what you'll follow. You, you'll, you'll trust that story. You yeah. trust, but just don't try to make uh, Spider-Man black. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or, or, that's, or that's where they get. They're like, wait a minute. That's wait, where we wait, cross the line. wait, wait. Wait, wait. Yeah, right, that's right. That's whoa, right. Hold on. Whoa, hold on. Whoa, hold on. Whoa. Yeah, I, can, I can't wait for the shoe to drop on on a Black Captain America. Although I think they probably won't do it anyway. But you, but did like, you ever read the run? Like the Captain America. Yeah. The, there was the run um, where, um, gosh, this came out in two thousand two where mm-hmm. they reframed the origin story of captain america the super soldier serum um yep. that turned him into a super soldier was yep. tested on black soldiers to yeah style, oh wow yep. or it got given to steve yep. rogers and so there was one guy named josiah um and josiah got this serum before steve rogers yep. and it worked so it was the final version that worked but then they locked him away in leavenworth prison because you can't have a black man running around with a shield with super nope. Then, nope. so then they gave it to the white boy and so it's canon yep. in marvel so so Marvel yep. Cannon, yeah. Yep. So you know so that won't make first... a difference. Yeah. <laughs> you know so that won't matter. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm I'm quick. You know, like I always tell the white boys, I'm nerdier than y'all, so don't even step. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I've read That's all your do. books That's and more. That's right. That's what we do. So yeah. So, so there. So the 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 passage that I'm really um, clinging to because I I feel like you you put it to words in a way that. I feel like this just needs to be on a t-shirt for me as a reminder, right? So this, I think, is on page 28. Um, We are most powerful when we labor to understand young people and when we work alongside, not for them. When our vision for kids in classrooms is guided by a community's vision for their own children, our work becomes real to children and parents. Relationships are appreciably challenging to maintain, but they become infinitely easier when they're grounded in that shared vision and genuine collaboration. Teaching without this kind of engagement is not teaching at all. It is colonization. Um, So I want to know what it is that you sort of observed in your experience and in your studies that led you to write these words because that is that's coming directly from somebody who is not just talking about the work who's done the work and whose engagement has led to putting this um in the form of pen to paper so uh tell me about that yo like i mean that came out of a moment i remember writing those words um like that you know um it was the summer when we lost Mike Brown, when he was murdered, okay. when he was taken from us. Um, you know, that was, that was the summer that changed my life, like, um, as an educator. Yeah. That, like, um, I remember teaching summer school that summer, and Michael Brown's body still being in the street, and me being horrified at that, because, you know, that could be my cousin, right? That could yeah. be my little brother, that could be anybody. And I remember being so irate that I was paralyzed and I could not teach. 
And, and I remember at this time, I'm in a room full of white teachers and they're all like, what's wrong, Cornelius? What's wrong, buddy? You're usually so upbeat. And, <laughs> and, like, and they couldn't understand. And meanwhile, in the background, th this is in the news. So like it's playing in the room as I'm trying to explain to people why I am so paralyzed by my anger in this moment. Um, yeah. and, and I remember them not understanding, not understanding my anger, not understanding like why teachers of black children all need to be united in their anger in this moment and in every moment. Yeah. Um, and there was just this disconnect and never was that disconnect more pronounced for me in my career than it was in that moment where literally Mike Brown's warm body is still in the street and I'm sitting with white teachers who don't understand. Um, yeah. and, and that just like that messed me up. And I remember looking at them and I'm like, what they do isn't teaching. If they don't understand this moment, like what they do is colonization. Yeah. Like, you know, and, 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 and then, then, then I connected it to the history, right? You know, I'm always going to, to my father and to my grandfather, to my grandmothers, you know, and one of the things that we know is that when you want to destroy a people, you don't send guns, you send teachers. Right. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that like, yeah. you know, yeah. when you think about the indigenous people that's, in the United States of America, they, when yeah. we think about yeah. West yeah. Africa, yeah. Yeah. you know, and so, so, so I'm like, wow. So, so, so Mike Brown's murder is the, the physical manifestation of all the spirit murdering that has been happening in these classrooms, right. you know, and one of the things that I arrived at in that moment was I was like, okay, a police officer's bullet will kill you in a minute. Our bullets kill you in 12 years. Right. As, as a teacher, Bro. you know, and so and I was just like, I want to know parts of that. Yeah. Yeah. And ironically, yep. Cornelius, Mike Brown had just graduated. Yo. And yep. I mean, and really, you know, and here's what really got me. Like um, at the time I was working for, again, the Teachers College Reading and Writing Project, which is, again, amazing organization. Yep. And we, we help kids to kind of think about writing and reading yep. and notebooks yep. and, and language and books. Um, and, and Mike Brown attended one of our schools you know, Trayvon attended one of our schools. And so I was like, I write curriculum that this kid used. Yep. yep. He graduated because he passed this curriculum that yep. I wrote and yep. now he's right. dead. And, and y'all don't understand my anger right now. And so yeah. like that's, and so for me, it was very, very personal. And yeah. so like, um, like I read still those murders as an assault on my profession, you know, yeah. and I call it my profession because it's our yeah. Like this that's is right. That's right. That's right. You know, and so that's right. That's right. <clears throat> you know, I think that, teachers are quick to say when Black Lives Matter, that's about the police. But uh, and I, I point it out all the time. I try it in yep. our building. Black Lives Matter <laughs> is about what we do on a day to day exactly. basis yep. every yep. day, how we interact with black, the black community, our exactly. black families and black students. And just yep. as an insult to my work, if I spend 12 years building a life and you take it, yep, we fight. Yeah, yeah, on site, exactly. So, just on a real Brooklyn level, if I spend 12 years <laughs> creating a life and you take it, like you're it's my on. enemy, it's yeah, this is a problem, this is a problem, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's what people don't understand is that these children you know, have coaches who nurture them. These children have teachers who love them. These children have, so there's this whole community. So it's not just Trayvon, it's all the people who poured into that young man, right? Yep. It's not just Mike, it's all the people who poured into that young man. It's not just Brianna, it's all the people who poured into that young woman, you know? And so like, and so for me, like Kev says, like it's the same thing. And so like, I really needed to write the sentence that helped people to understand that, like, you know, that, yeah that when I, sometimes when I am in my place as a writer, like, 
I want people to feel welcome and loved and warm, you know, and I recognize that, that I am speaking largely to audiences of white women. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, but I still center blackness and I want to write in a way that exposes the truth in a way that cuts your heart open. Yeah. That like, you know, um, that, you know, if you can write little women and make me cry, then I can write, we got this and help yep. your heart to bleed. You yep. know? Yep. And so that's how I, <laughs> No, that's, I love that. I love that's, that. Uh, that's, I love that's that. just so powerful. And, and I th- like, um, yeah, I mean, just the way it all strings together. And um, I, I knew that it was something like that, right? It's, it's one of those things where th- there is this tipping point that I think once we've been teaching long enough, we start to recognize. Um, and that tipping point is, am I going to be an industry artist or am I going to be an artist in the industry? Right. Yeah. And um <laughs> And, and and that that's a tipping point statement. So mm-hmm. so thank you for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, I'm also a hip hop fan. You know, I grew up with the roots, and so things fall apart. That idea that like yeah. when you declare yourself an artist, people treat it like product, right? Speak that word. Speak that word. You know, you that's know. And so 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 I understand. You know, and I always make it clear distinction there is education as industry and education yep. as profession that's right um mm. and, and and i skate the line between both right like that yeah. i'm in the industry um but yeah. i am a professional right and and what the industry wants to do is the the industry wants the industry wants us to be unicorns because if we're unicorns then they can commodify that right that's right yep. so like you know and so even that's, the, that's like, why you end up on the on the cover of when they try to market the schools we got one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, and so, and part of being a trickster is recognizing where you are that like, I understand that I have always had a voice ever since I came into this profession, but it wasn't until the industry decided that my voice was marketable that everybody's like, Oh, Cornelius Minor, you know? And so, so yeah, part of yeah. it is not believing your own hype, recognizing that yeah. I've had a voice since jump. And that's why the Twitter bio in 1978, like I was yep. born yep. with black people's anger in my veins. Right. Yep. And so, so I've always had a voice, but, but now all of a sudden the publishing companies are like, Oh, well we can market him this way. We can sell him this way. Yeah. So, so now yeah. we'll champion his voice because his voice makes money for this organization and this agency and this organization. And so I, I understand what hip hop artists before us have understood, right? That, yep. that you can be the dopest MC in the neighborhood, but until MCA codifies that with a contract, yep. you know, yep. like, and so, yep. so again, so like, again, that line between industry and artists, right? That I, yep. that I'm like, yeah, I'm an artist in these streets. I happen to be having a moment right now where the industry recognizes that, but that yep. moment doesn't define me. That moment doesn't make me, right? That I'm going to be who I am. I love yeah. it. That's right. That's right. Period. That's right. Yeah. So thinking about the community, you know, and given you're in NYC, mm-hmm. you know, the epicenter of this COVID stuff, I think you guys have been living a different experience than we ever, some of us in the other parts of the country have. But how, how is COVID playing out? In, in your teaching and in, in, in the work that you're doing right now and in New York City overall? You know, um, and I know this is a strange answer. Yep. Um, but it has helped me to understand at this stage in my life what love really is. Um, that this has been the hardest period of my life, period. Yep. Like, I don't, you know, and I'm saying this as a teacher, my career came out of the ashes of 9-11. So I watched the towers fall out of a classroom window, you know, so like, so, yep. so, so, so I've, we've been through some things as New York City educators, like, yes. you know, like, yeah. and, um, but this one is, this one is different. Like, um, this one, and it really touched me this spring. Um, I, uh, I, I lost one of my favorite assistant principals 
um, to COVID. And, 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 and what really hit me wasn't her loss, was that her loss wasn't novel, that we had lost so many people yeah. at that point where you would, turn, you would turn on the computer every morning and check your email and it would be like, who else did we lose? And so it would be like somebody's grandma or somebody's auntie or somebody's neighbor. And so yeah. when I started school this fall, one of, I was talking to one of my colleagues and she was like, you have to assume that every child has lost somebody. So when yeah. you go to homeroom and you log on, like you can't come at people any kind of way because everybody, either a grandmother, an auntie, a friend, a cousin, yeah. Yeah. you know, and so, so that has changed how I love people like that. They're like, I don't know what you're carrying right now. Yeah. And so, yep. so I have to like pour everything into you. Like, yep. cause, cause third period, like, that's what I got with you right now. Like, yeah, I don't know it. what you, yeah, I don't know what you're living with. I don't know that's what right. you've lost, you know? And that's so, right. yeah. So really that's what it's redefined urgency and love for me. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so, so, so I don't understand like all these people who are beefing about points. They're like, Oh, this kid didn't do this thing. And I'm like, are you serious for right now? Do you real. <laughs> <that point>? For <laughs> real? No, I mean, yeah. and, and, and I think that, I think a lot of this is a trauma response. And, and I think as educators, yeah. we need to be reflecting on what our trauma response is. Right. And yeah. um, you know, because I think yeah. that the whole system uh, you know, the, the whole world has experienced this trauma, but we've not experienced it from the same places, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and the thing, I, the thing I keep thinking about is that, you know, there's this big push for us to, well, we just got, you're going to get the vaccine back to normal. You just get back to normal. Uh, and and my all. whole thing yeah. is, so is anyone going to make space for us to address this on a systemic level, not just... I'm going to be that novel teacher at my grade level who's going to spend the first week talking about, hey, where are we at right now? Like, yeah, like, yeah. okay, we just went through this thing. Can we talk about this thing before we start talking about about competencies and, and, and standards real. and grades? You know, you know, and, and when I think about how white supremacy shows up, right, like white supremacy, we know shows up in systems, right? Yeah, that's right. And, that's right. And, and when white people are stressed, when all people are stressed, they invest extra heavily in systems, right? That's right. And so yep. what terrifies me right now about this oh, moment yeah. is that so white right. supremacy so is true. most defined, white supremacy as is at its most intense when white people are stressed. Um, yep. Because when they are stressed, they stop <laughs> yeah. relying on their ability to center humans and they start relying on the systems that have historically served them, right? Yeah. And so what I am terrified of in this moment is that back to normal is really a back to the practices that have consistently marginalized people of the global majority through history. Yep. Right? And we're you still know, hearing, like, we're still hearing the words. People are, people are saying, yeah. talking about lost learning and, yeah. you know, I mean, all that kids is, being it's, behind. It's down the road, and, someone's yeah. going to have to make up. We're going to have to close down some schools that we were already yep. planning to close down we're gonna and one of the things i've been helping people understand is that standards mean nothing like you know i mean standards mean everything and nothing at the same yep. time yep. You know? and, yep. and, and yep. here's a fun thought exercise for our listeners you know like um i graduated in 1996 um yep. and so you can google standards in 1996 yep. it's still yep. floating <laughs> on the yep. so so you can google the standards 1996 cornelius minor new york state and you can see what i had to do in order to graduate yeah i was at the top of my class you know so yep. all the ap classes all the everything right Right? scholarship, you know, National Merit Scholar, all of that. 1996, you can see the standards. Now, if you Google standards in New York right now, 
you know, 2020. You can yep. also see that. And now here's the thing about right now. If you compare right now standards to what I was allowed to graduate with in 1996. Yep, 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 go. I was allowed to graduate with what is essentially seventh grade standards. Right That's now. right. Now here's That's the right. thing. Ain't yep. nothing changed. Human intelligence hasn't changed. We haven't nope. evolved. The only thing that's nope. changed is Congress, right? Yep. So a bunch of people that's who right. don't know kids made yep. laws about what standards should Speak be. On and now yep. we're ready to die for these standards. So like, so standards yeah. are are socially constructed. Um, that's right. And, and anything that is socially constructed can be socially deconstructed. And really that's the yep. work right now. When I think yep. about what my work is right now, it is really helping people to enact human-centered policies that see humans, right? You know, I've been, I asked the question of my department department here, what are essential skills in a pandemic? Yeah. That's what we should be teaching. Essential skills in a pandemic, how to read the room, how to read the people yeah. around you. They, That's right. they, we're all in our one bedroom apartments with our yeah. entire families right now. So That's you right. need to know that your mother is upset with you before she has to articulate that. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's the survival <laughs> yes. skill. Real learning. Right that is that really is a survival <laughs> skill. Real no. survival skills, right? Yeah. And so, but, but I need that lesson with my wife, <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, But I always say to people, we can teach kids how to do this. That's character analysis, right? That is motivation, right? That is prediction right you know so we are literacy teachers we can teach kids how to do this the pandemic survival skill is understanding how to walk away or distance yourself from the things that harm you because Mm -hmm. you don't have a teacher physically in your life every day doing that work for you so I need to teach you how to do that so you need to be able to read rooms and figure out what's dangerous in this room how do I separate myself from that place and then grow in my corner right and so I've been thinking about what those standards are you know so my teaching has been rooted in like those kinds of things and fortunately we can connect those things to text we can connect those things to books and here's the thing those things are more rigorous so if you can do that you sure as hell can write an essay right yes, you know you can. So, yes, you that's can. right you, know, you sure enough can you know and so so right now we're teaching the civil war in social studies which is one of my favorite things to teach but yeah. really yeah. you don't teach the civil war for civil war's sake so that kids can memorize all these facts no and that's right you teach the that's civil right. war so kids can understand the conflicts that we encounter over governance over representation yep. over what counts as property right yep. and those are still dialogues that are happening Real. right now Right, very so, real conversations. So, right so, now. so I talk to kids about, yeah, I'm teaching you the Civil War in this context of 1881, 1861, but like, but I can also teach you this in the context of 2020. That we're yep. still having a conversation over what counts as property with this $600, right? We're still having yep, a right. conversation over $600. what counts as governance. We're still having a conversation, and so that like, and so I'm really hoping that my work helps teachers to be nimble and flexible enough because so many times we see a curriculum as this concrete thing and i'm like no yeah. curriculum is fluid like it's that's water, right it right? should be you know? it has to be it's it's you a know? jumping off point it can't yeah. and like that that's what gets me all the time but i love yeah. those points about uh, about the standards that you made because yeah like that's that's like it's the biggest realization in teaching it's like what what does it mean and then like i always think about it like what was i because i graduated in 96 too i'm like what was i able to do what what really and I was like nothing. I, yeah. I I was basically like memorizing stuff and just telling you like I knew yeah. this information. I could solve these problems. I, I had no idea. Like I, I like I couldn't tell you <laughs> much much of what I learned. And it was all and with all the measurement, yeah. all the measurements, yeah. all the testing that's gone on since then just shows that we're worse. That's all it's yeah. ever measured yeah. is yeah. that we've I, gotten worse. And I'm like yeah. I see the kids. The kids are geniuses. Yeah. yeah. Geniuses. Yeah. yeah. You're born genius. Like you're born genius. Like, and I think asking that question, what is it about school that divorces people from their natural genius? You know, that like, yeah. even as a father right now, my kids are at home and what they're experiencing now 
you know, with their teachers and with like my wife and I in partnership is just so much richer. Like I, you know, I'm looking at my daughters right now and I'm like, man, I don't know if they can go back. Like, you know, that you can't institutionalize free people, you know, like, and so, yeah. Well, and and that's one thing that uh, Emily Santiago um, alluded, you know, kind of illuminated for us was this idea that, listen, we have to stop talking about lost learning. They've been learning. They've been, they've, they've not had their math books open every day and they, they aren't necessarily studying all the things that a school would make them study, but make no mistake, they're learning. And I had this, I feel like my, I feel like my kid was already hostile to the system of education. And, um, and I, and I think for her, this pandemic has laid bare all of its faults. And, you know, like you said, I'm like, the only reason she wants to go back is to be with her friends. She's got no other reason to go back, (laughs) you know, and she's at one of the, yeah. That, that that dead press song, they schools, right? Like they schools. Mission and participation. Those are the best that's teachers right, right there. That's you right. Know? And that's so right. I've right. been thinking about yeah. you know, that. That's my answer. Well, I, I feel like next on tap, we, we, we got to, we got to, we got to do like an audio book. Cause like, I feel like this could just go on for like days. Cause this, <laughs> this conversation is just so dynamic and, and you, and you know, you've got me thinking so deeply about things for me. It's been both affirming cause I don't trust any of my own ideas. So thank you. You know, but right. Like, you know, that, you know, it's kind of like, but then there are other things that you're saying that are really just that are really incredible to hear because I'm kind of like wow I haven't like thought of it that way so it's been really powerful in that way. Um, let's uh, we're going to start wrapping up. A really important question to you: <clears throat> basketball in New York is it going to be a thing this year? We struggling, man. We struggling. Like um, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what? Like um, and I I officially changed my membership this year. Um, you know my my partner and I are lifelong Knicks fans. Um, and oh, to oh. let you know how deep it is, let you know how deep it is. No, my deep. daughter, my oldest daughter, was born on the way to a Knicks game. There you go. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but, but like um, like serious. Like my wife. Yeah, and and that was probably a real conflict. It was probably no, a real it was, conflict. <laughs> it was one of the most dramatic conflicts in my life. I'm telling you, like, because we we put ourselves we had this baby moon, right? Like. We yeah, were yeah, pregnant, yeah. Um, and we were like, we're going to do all the things that we can do as dual income, no kids, yeah, that's yeah. Right, before the kid comes. And so our yeah. final thing was we wanted courtside behind Spike Lee at the Knicks. Yes. We were like, and, yeah. and once you have kids, you can't do that, right? Yeah. So, so that, was our, that was our bucket list. Before we have kids, yep. we will be courtside behind Spike Lee at the Knicks. So this was the last regular season game of 2012. And if you remember, the last regular season game of 2012 was against the Heat. Um, yep. LeBron was still playing for the Heat. So we were going to be courtside. We were going to see the Knicks, our beloved Knicks, and we were going to see, see LeBron. LeBron. <clears throat> Before he came to the Knicks, right? (laughs) Yep, exactly. We got all this money. We paid all this money for tickets because we were like, "This, we have to do this before we have kids." We are on our way to the game, and her water breaks. Uh. And I'm like, "Yo!" (laughs) But we was about to see the back of Spike Lee head, though. But we was about to like. (laughs) But we was about to see LeBron. But we have time, right? We have time. (laughs) And so her water breaks. So this is what we had to do. We had to give the tickets away on the street on the way to the game. Oh um, wow! Like, because well, so you blessed broke. somebody that day. You blessed somebody that yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and and what was funny is we blessed some Miami fans. So it was these two women who were Miami fans. They were going to go see LeBron too, and so we were like, "Look, 
here's some tickets. I got to go to the hospital. I'm about to have a kid. Um, and so, um, but what's interesting is we're still friends with those two women to this day. Oh, wow. Oh, that's amazing. That's Um, amazing. But yeah, so, so. Twice blessed. They get to be friends with you and they got to be at the game court. That's what's up. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, So, um, but the Knicks, yeah. So, so my kids are growing up in Brooklyn. Um, You know, I've been, I'm Brooklyn, but my kids are growing up now with a Brooklyn team because back in the day there wasn't a Brooklyn team. Um, And when they moved the arena in, um, when Jay-Z and your folks moved the arena in, the arena (laughs) is two blocks from my apartment. So, so my kids are growing up with all of this Brooklyn paraphernalia all around them. Um, And so as of, and actually um, this holiday season, um, my, my, my oldest daughter wanted a Jersey for this. So this is her first Jersey. There we go. So, 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 so so she wanted KD. She KD. wanted KD, so yeah. she wanted KD. So my oldest daughter is gonna get KD, and then of course, because I'm her father, she can't have a jersey alone. So we need a matching set. Of course, no, right? you gotta match. That's it. <laughs> so, That's it. So the holiday gift to the family is we've got all Brooklyn, and so this is the That's first dope. year where I'm rocking Brooklyn paraphernalia. Yeah, you know, I, I mean hey. it, it. It makes sense. It makes sense because you you wonder what is going on with the Knicks. We we, yeah, we yeah. take we we take it a different direction in my house where I've got my Jokic jersey. Um, but my kid and my wife both want Jamal Murray jerseys, which I feel like I'm going to need a Jamal Murray jersey. It's, it's one yeah. of those things. Yeah, so, yeah. so so big prediction, Cornelius. Um, will the Brooklyn Nets be the team that our Nuggets see in the final? Um, here's the thing. I, my <laughs> Knicks DNA, my Knicks DNA says that your Nuggets will see our Knicks not in this year's finals, yeah. <laughs> but but in like and, and so I'm putting it down right now. I'm putting it down right now. Twenty Nuggets Knicks okay. in the right, 2022 right. There finals. There we go. There we go. Wow. That'd you heard big. it here first, people. Yeah. You heard it here yo, first. Yo. We take that. We would take that. Yeah, we would yeah. take that. So this our, we're building this year. We're gonna build this year. Attract some really attractive free agents next year. Finals next yep. year. That's it. Yep. That's, that's it. That's um, it. Yep. To your plan. I, to your plan. That's the formula. That's the formula. Yeah. Spoken like a formula. true, true. Spoken like a true Knicks fan. <laughs> yeah. I love Knicks hey, fan. Here's, so, here's the truth about Knicks fans: the most optimistic sports fan at the beginning of the season. I don't know if optimistic. Oh, at the beginning, we still undefeated. Right now, they, we still they, 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 they shoot for the moon at the beginning of the right. That's right. But give That's them right. about a week. Yep. <laughs> They'll be like, so, <laughs> No, absolutely. And you know, we were—I think we were a lot kinder with you than we were with uh, with Jose about his, uh, his yeah. Knicks fandom. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's one of the. So yeah, it should be fun. It should be fun. Uh, you know, watching yeah. that is a very exciting time to be to be a New York basketball fan. Actually, um, mm-hmm. so. Um, all right, we have, we have two more really important questions. We want to get to all these. Um, Marvel Universe, which yes. Marvel heroes or villains would you prefer as your colleague, your principal, and your student? Wow. I know wow. this is coming from an intelligent place. Wow. So my student, my student definitely has to be Cyclops as a student. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that's a student. good one. Yeah. yeah, a student. Cyclops Dedicated. is just dedicated leader team before everything. That's right. Yeah. Like um, so that Cyclops is the future. Who's he's who you want when the chips are down. And so, um, and I just appreciate Cyclops just as a mutant, right? You know, mutant, you know, we know that, yeah. that this whole kind of idea, the, the symbolism around people who are marginalized or people who are oppressed yeah. and Cyclops is just a ride or die kind of pan mutant. Like yep. let's, yeah. let's get well, it. And he's experienced yeah. loss, right? He's experienced yeah, exactly. loss, you know, with, with exactly. Havoc, yeah. All right, Cyclops, great so, student. So Cyclops is a student. Um, colleague would have to be um, 
James Rhodes, War Machine. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 Like James Rhodes. Yeah. Um, j- just because he's strategic and he's always looking out for team. Like, again, going back yeah. to team that like he's been loyal to Tony Stark since all the alcoholism, yep. since all, yep. you know, that, that you Good know, and, and what I love about James Rhodes is he's disciplined, like, right. He's a military person. So he is yep. aligned with the, with the imperialist government, yep. but he yep. also is smart enough to know when he needs to step away. Um, and so, That's right. That's so right. James Rose, so, so like, I need a colleague who can be aligned with the school district and school board, but also yep. know when they need to step away. That's um, right. And so James Rhodes for a colleague and then principal would probably be, um, leader, 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 leader. Okay. This is a toss up, but like, but follow me here. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Apocalypse from the X-Men. Oh, normally cast as a bad guy. Normally cast as a yep, bad guy. Yep. Yes. Um, and but but, but 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 you know, but he is the oldest mutant on the planet. Yes. Yep. So that means that he has lived through the most oppression. He's got wisdom. Um, and so what we see in Apocalypse, what people read as villainy, is really heartbreak. That he has had multiple lifetimes of heartbreak. That's right. um, and so if Apocalypse had a good therapist, he would make an excellent principal. <laughs> I mean, because Apocalypse, Apocalypse fits into that Magneto kind of frame where it's yeah, kind of no, like, well, but he's not, he's not wrong. I'm going in a direction. I'm just saying. Listen, yeah. listen, all of this technology, all this industrialization, what has it brought us? Yeah. And one was, of the things but, that he's but felt, point, and we know this because of his mean power, he has felt the death and oppression of every mutant. So he's That's an empath, right? right? That like right. every mutant who has ever suffered, who has ever died, he has felt that and he carries that with him. And so when he makes decisions, he comes from that place. Now, yep. now of course, he makes those decisions with a very, in a very masculinist, in a yep. very kind of toxic kind of way. Yep. Um, yes. So again, if he had a good therapist. He's working through his trauma. <laughs> yeah, if he had a good therapist, because I think he would be such an empathetic leader that the, the kind of leader who feels every kid's pain yes, is yes. who you want. Now, you don't that want is. the kind of leader who feels every kid's pain and then scorches the earth. You don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> want that see this so, is why so, i could this is why i would not be a good principal um i'll get therapy yeah. you'd, you'd be yeah, that type. you'd be like nope nope it's time to burn everybody <laughs> yeah yeah but i read a scene with apocalypse where he just described he was just like do you know what it's like to feel everything like you know and yeah. and just like you know and that's what i want in a principal i want a principal to sit me down and to say cornelius here's why i made this decision i made this decision because i feel everything yeah, that kid yeah. in your third period, I felt that. Like yeah, that yeah. kid after school, I felt that. That kid who didn't make the basketball team, I felt that. Felt that. You know, like that's, you know, again, not out of rage, out of like toxic masculinity, but out of yep. like this true place of empathy. And I think that, you know, because Apocalypse is a dynamic character, he still might grow into that person that we want him to be. So Yeah, I love um, that. I love yeah. that. Optimism. I love that. It's good. It's good. Good pick. Yeah. All right. Last, last question. Uh, this this is critical. Like uh, but most important question, question. Those last three are like critical. But this is like it. This you know, one. Um, now this question only your answer only lasts as long as like you say it. It can change. nation is listening. You can, you can put all sorts. It could be a group. It could be it could be an individual. Mm-hmm. You can have uh, ties. You could have, have caveats if you need <laughs> caveats. Yes, yes. But here's what we critical question that everybody needs to know. Everybody. Top five MCs, dead or alive. Who we got? Right now, as of right now. 
Look, hey, 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 you, you set brand the new fresh hey, you, for 2021. Yeah. I'm not um, saying no. Yep. And these are tied to experiences. So I can't, I mean, Wu-Tang at the top. Like, um, so, so I knew that I loved my wife when like one of the things that we did as a couple <laughs> before we had kids is every summer we would pick an artist and we would follow them on tour every summer. Yes. And so, oh, so oh I that, respect this. I respect that is this. Kevin. So yep. every summer before we had kids. And so the first summer that we were Except together. you leave your family, Kev, for. <laughs> yes. but, uh, but there's a reason. There's a reason. <laughs> but the first summer we were together, we saw every Wu-Tang show on the East Coast. So, oh. so that, that was our first summer together. And I, I was like. That, that this oh, woman has been with me stuff. to every Wu-Tang show on the East Coast. And so, like, and so our love grew around that like just like Wu-Tang for the children. So like Wu-Tang would be at the top for me. Um, my second, and again, so much of these are connected to experiences. Yes. Um, my second, um, the first show that like really, that I felt hip hop, like I felt hip hop. Felt, like, yeah. felt it, felt yes. it, felt yes. it. Yes. Like um, Karis One. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I saw Karis One live um, and it changed everything. Like my life is different after seeing Karis One live. Like there's a reason why he, he is the teacher, right? Yeah. You know? yes. um, and just that he positions himself that way. And I saw him as my career was starting and it helped me to position myself yep. that way. Yep. Yep. Um, and so one of my prized possessions in life, he autographed a tennis ball and I have it. There still, you go. That. Uh, and so oh, that's so dope. That's, um, dope. that's so dope. Yeah. Um, my next is Diggable Planets. Um, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I was telling my kids, we were riding the car yesterday and the Rebirth the Slick came on. I was like, y'all don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> They As know. I do every time music. Yo, so I followed them on tour for a while. I love um, that. So, I love so, that. Um, and the first Diggle Planet show I saw, you know, I'm in New York. So, like, they played in the park behind my house one afternoon. Um, and, okay. and, and all the old people in my building was like, yo, what's that noise outside? And I was like, <laughs> what? You know, so, like, that. Um, that was a show. Um you know, and, and, I, and I do a lot of live hip hop. I did a lot of live hip hop. Yeah, my top. yeah. And then this is the controversial pick. This is the controversial uh -oh, okay. pick. Okay, right let's go. Um, I saw in the same show. Yes. MC Hammer oh. open up for Lauryn Hill. Wow. In the same show. Like, All and right. that was a concert for the ages. Like, that was <laughs> like, Lauryn Hill was not late. She was on time. You know, like, <laughs> like and, and so, so. So to see MC Hammer MC transition Hammer. into Lauryn Hill in a Brooklyn park. So I saw it was an outdoor concert at wow. Wingate Park in Brooklyn. Um, and so to go from can't touch this to, to X Factor, it was just too much. And so like that's... <laughs> yeah, like, whoa, this covered everything, everything. <laughs> it would cause you to see MC Hammer a little bit differently, I would imagine. Like, <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, you know, and it was like... And his career was in the decline. So he yeah. was the opening act at the time. Yep. <laughs> Lauren Hill was on the rise. On the so rise. So like it was just it was just a lot happening, right? Like and I was like, I couldn't <laughs> like it was I was it was one of them concerts where you're like, I can't believe I'm here right now. Like, like yeah, all this yeah, happening yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So all like, right. You know, that I'm you know, because I came up in the city, um, hip hop for me is most impactful when it's live yeah so yeah yeah so, so so all of those are live shows so yep. you know so i haven't seen every live show but that's that, that's my top for for yeah. now just live shows um yep. arrested development is a good oh, show yes arrested yeah like um i uh i got a chance to chill out with speech after a show one time oh, oh, wow. what? Like, what? moment so so 
Yeah, those wow. are some jams that take me back to so, eighth grade. Eighth yeah. grade, right there. I would. Yeah. That'd be tenth yeah. grade for me. Tenth yeah. grade for <laughs> me because I, I'm the old man in the room. I'm the old yeah. man class of '94 right here. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the top. Is, is is that the top five? Yeah, so that's, that's top that's right it. now. Right that's now, but like, but right now, I'm one. like I, that's coming out of COVID. I'm missing live shows. So yeah, yep. so. yes. it's solid. Yeah. It's solid. Oh, Kev, do we think it's solid? Open I, I think it's solid. I think yeah, especially solid. when you base it on experiences, because you know, as as a musician, it's not about a live. You know, what yeah. you do when you were really, especially hip hop, when you really rock the crowd, yeah. that's when you know if someone really has it. Because I've seen you listen to someone's record, you go see them live, and you're like, mm, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, wait exactly. a minute, yeah. y'all. <laughs> Y'all just really hit the dat and, and just walked around and, and waved the towel a little bit, and that was it. Yeah. Y'all played four songs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Man, yeah, well, so this is it. well, thank you for that top five. I, I feel I feel like this uh, – yeah, I, I feel like we just, we just got to do a book together because, like, it'll Yo. be all these things, the, the, the tricksters – the treatise of the tricksters off the top of my head. There Something we go. Like there we go. Well, let's, Miss, let, I mean, let's, let's make a promise to your listeners. Let's do a quick blog post just to get it started. Like, we'll, we'll, like, we'll, let's we'll, do we'll, it. We'll blog post to get going. So, so, oh, I'm so yeah, down. So, so, All right. Listeners. Yeah, so, and maybe the Patreon folks will get it first. So like, <laughs> there we go. It. There we go. We'll, we'll, you heard it here first. We're exploring a collab and see what we can do. Yeah, oh, this is wicked. All right, I, I think I'm probably about to be disowned um, if I don't yeah, go and yeah, get this run, holiday so. shopping done. Um, Mr. Yep. Cornelius Minor. I'm yes. still thank, pinching Thank myself. you, Mr. Minor. I have to say that as a fish head, as a fish line. <laughs> thank you, Mr. <laughs> he Minor. He did it. He did it. He did it. He did it. All the fish people uh, uh, get it. They'll be like, no, thank you. Thank you. Respect it. It. Yeah, respect it. That's like, right. You know, and, 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 you know, Fish that used to do a big Madison Square Garden show I was, hey, every I was New there. Year's. I, okay, I, I, so. I've been there. I've been there. Won't be there this year. We yeah. missed out on a lot of stuff. But, but I've stopped yeah, we, around that, that we New York really, area with Fish for a minute. Four yeah, minutes. So, we got to so, really okay, send, so with you, so. send Kevin some love around this because you're missing Fish shows left and right, bro. We, we, <laughs> all of it. Hey, is everybody missing live music? Shout out to all the venues, all the yeah. behind-the-scene folks, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I, I really think we don't even – Think about the whole yeah. industry part, the people that make it happen. But you that's know, right. Shout out, that's right. Dad. We we need that's live right. music back. Where you where you mask people? Uh, do what you got to do so we can go to live shows. There you go. Yeah, exactly. that's it. There you exactly. go. Exactly. Well, I love you, you two go. brothers. I got to run, but you. All we love you that. too. We love you too. <laughs> hey, we uh. We take it home um, with a with a state dope that we're going to say together. I'm going to ramble a little bit and uh, give the signal. And I, I just feel like we can just do a rain of state opes like at the end of this because we all have different internet speeds <laughs> um, so for kevin adams for the eminent cornelius minor author of we got this go get it go get it but also follow his other work he's got something to say about grading about teaching in a pandemic about you know critiquing the system decolonizing our practice um he's got something to say about everything so follow him how do they follow you mr minor um, so Twitter at Mr. Minor, spell the full name M I S T E R M I N O R. Um, Instagram um, the, to, to, to quote the amazing Gerardo the Grim that is instant. Um, Cornelius <laughs> Minor, my full name C O R N E L I U S M I N O R. Um, I am on Facebook. I will talk to your auntie on Facebook. So <laughs> I'll be there. Um, and then. Um, 
then you know maybe I'll get a one nine hundred number. My psychic friends. Maybe we can do. That's right. That's right. That's right. Get get a little Craigslist, right? Um, follow follow him. He's he's worth following. It is little nuggets of wisdom every single day. Um, Cornelius, thank you for being with us today. This was uh, so wonderful for the people and for the community, and uh, and we just look forward to this continued uh, continuing to connect with you. Um, so for my guests, we are out here leading up to the holiday season in a pandemic, in the anxiety of maybe going back, maybe not going back, maybe being hybrid, maybe being something else, um, but always in the spirit of staying decolonized, staying resistant, staying insurgent, and above all, we are out here to stay dope, stay dope, stay dope, stay dope, stay dope. Stay dope. All right. Stay dope. Yes. Stay dope.